Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. Our first scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the fifth chapter, verses 2 through 5. But before we hear God's word, let us pray. God, your word is a valuable and sacred thing. And so as we prepare to read your word, as we prepare to receive your scripture, still our hearts. Calm us that we might hear not the voices of this world that speak, but that we would be attuned to your voice, and that we would do so for the purpose of inspiration, inspiration in your divine name that we would bring your kingdom in this earth because of what we hear you speak. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We read, And then Jesus began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Our second reading is the story that tells us of the meaning of this day. We'll read it from Matthew's Gospel, the 21st chapter. I'll read verses 1 through 11. Let us listen for God's Word for us. When they come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her, untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, the Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey." The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. The crowd that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When they entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. The grass withers, 
and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Amen. Well, it's Palm Sunday, parade day, the day that ordinary folks were filled with hope that the occupying power of Rome might be pushed out. King Jesus comes riding into the holy city, and hopes were high. Uh, Some scholars tell us that what is happening here is a bit of street theater. Uh, Marcus Borg, a frequent visiting scholar here at Village, he believes that this parade that Jesus provides is a contrast over against the parades that the Roman military uh, brought to Jerusalem on occasion. Borg describes this Roman parade this way. The military parades were a display of imperial power, cavalry on horses, foot soldiers, leather, armor, helmets, weapons, banners, gold eagles mounted on poles, sun glinting on metal and gold, the sounds of marching feet, the creaking of leather, the clinking of bridles, the beating of drums, the swirling of dust. It sounds as if Borg has uncovered some old YouTube footage of one of these imperial parades. Jesus' parade was an obvious contrast to such a display of power. There were children in the crowds, and they sang, and They threw branches on the road to make a pathway. Matthew adds a bit of biblical interpretation to Jesus' parade. He he quotes a few verses from the prophet Zechariah. Tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you. Triumphant and victorious is he, humble and mounted on a donkey and on the colt, the foal of a donkey. Oh, the first readers of Matthew, they they would have known that passage, and so they would have known how Matthew edited the passage. He left a line out. Some might say he left the most important line out. What Zechariah said was, look, your king is coming to you, triumphant and victorious as he, humble and mounted on a donkey. But Matthew left out the second line triumphant and victorious. He leaves that out because this is no parade of triumph. This is no parade of power. Matthew goes immediately to humble and mounted on a donkey. It's a parade of humility. That sounds so odd, doesn't it? But it is. It's a parade of humility. And if I understand it, Humility does not simply describe the manner in which Jesus enters the city. It describes the reason that he enters the city. During this Lenten season, we have been reflecting on the Beatitudes, and I've shared with you that I think some of the Beatitudes have have narrative examples of what they mean. And if there's a beatitude that I would partner with this Palm Sunday day, it is this, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. You see, to be meek and to be humble, as Jesus is described here, they're not exactly the same thing, but they are cousins in the uh, family of human dispositions. 
Why does Jesus say to be humble or to be meek is blessed? Well, I think for both of these, meekness and humility, they're not something that just emerge from how we see ourselves. The blessing emerges from from how we see others. We're meek as a result of how we see others, I think. I've known some people who have lived this beatitude. I'm, I'm thinking of a woman who used to be part of this church family, Helen Hogan. Some of you will remember Helen. Helen and Laverne Friday, they owned the organ bench here at Village for decades. And when I joined the Village family years ago, Helen was still playing the piano for the children's choir. She delighted in the children. It was my first Christmas Eve here at Village back in 2004, and the five o'clock children and family service was going on with the pageant being presented by the children, and this sanctuary was, was packed. In most laps here, had a child or two even in the lap, and I was sitting up here, and Helen was at the piano bench, and she got up in the middle of the service, and she walked over to where I was seated, and I thought something was amiss. I thought she saw something, and it wasn't right, and I had missed it, and she came and sat down next to me, and she said, do you see this sanctuary? I said, I'm sorry? She said, do you see these people? Isn't it just wonderful? I didn't realize it at the time, but Helen was a little bit like Emily in Thornton Wilder's play, Our Town. Do you remember it? Emily, too, asked, do you see these people? It's a good question. What does it take to really see people? In our town, Emily dies in childbirth, and she joins the saints who have gone before, and for the purposes of the play, they sit in chairs at the cemetery there at Grover's Corners, and from that perspective, they're able to look out over the town, and Emily is able, from that perspective, to, to replay her life, to see moments of her life, and it breaks her heart because she realizes how seldom we really see one another. She laments this way, let's really look at one another. Life goes so fast, we we don't have time to see one another. I didn't realize it. So all that is going on and we never noticed. Wait, she says, one more goodbye. Goodbye, world. Goodbye, Grover's Corners, Mama, Papa. Goodbye to clocks ticking and Mama sunflowers. Goodbye to food and coffee and new iron dresses and hot baths and sleeping and waking up. Oh, earth, you are too wonderful for anyone to realize you. And then Emily asks, do human beings ever realize life while they live it every, every minute? The stage manager responds, no. Saints and poets, maybe, they do some. Saints and poets and the meek, like Helen Hogan. Helen said, Tom, 
do you see these people? I hadn't really been paying attention. The truth is I was leading worship. I was paying attention to that. Do you hear how crazy that sounds? But Helen prompted me, so I looked. I looked at everybody there, and she was right. It was wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful. Seeing people, it isn't easy. You know, every day now, we're hearing of new vicious attacks on Asian Americans. There's a lot of hatred in this country. There's a lot of arrogance in this country. But what we're really witnessing is the consequence of blindness, of spiritual blindness. Because it's hard to really see someone and to recognize that they're wonderful, that they're a child of God. It's hard to really see them as a child of God and shoot them. It's hard to see them as a child of God and strike them or curse them. It's astonishing how many are boasting in their blindness. And the opposite of that blindness is this beatitude. I think the meek see people. Even more specifically, when they see people, they know they are looking at something wonderful. They know they are seeing the crown of creation, the handiwork of God, the precious, unrepeatable gift of a human life. They see the good in people, and it brings them to light. That's why Jesus rides into Jerusalem. He saw them, and he couldn't stay away. He saw the mothers there holding their babies and their hopes. He saw the weary men with their dusty feet and their heavy hearts. He saw the poor that knew the battle of just getting through the day. He saw the sick who were weary with pain. He saw those who were so busy just trying to do what needed to be, what's needed to be done. He saw them all, and he knew it was wonderful, and he loved them. So his humility is not just how he entered the city. It's why. It's his love for the city and for all who inhabit it. This is the reason that Jesus simply could not stay away. He saw them and knew they were wonderful. You know, if, if Borg is right and there were military parades, the point of those parades, you understand, was to say, hey, look at us. Be impressed with us. We're here now. We're in charge. Jesus' parade was different. He was here to say, I see you. I really see you. And I know the truth of who you are. And it's wonderful. Such meekness, such humility, it scares some folks. But Jesus knows it is the power that can save the world. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.